Hello, everybody. This is Richard Jane and Jonah Petty, and you're listening to Commerce in Conversation. This show is an opportunity to listen to Jonah and myself. Mostly you. Mostly you. Yeah, you're right. Mostly me. This show is where you get to join me as I discuss industry-related topics, insights, and the overall evolution of the distributed commerce space, with a new guest diving into different topics each episode. Exactly. Now, just in case you didn't get that, I'll break it down a bit. Commerce and Conversation is your opportunity to listen in as Rishabh dives into trends and news within the e-commerce industry with new guests and topics each episode. Isn't that what I just said? Yeah, but you used some pretty big words that I didn't really understand, and I figured I'd translate for the regular, regular people out there. <laughs> didn't realize I needed a translator. Anyways, shall we go ahead and get this show on the road? Yes, absolutely. All right, all right, here we are, getting started yet again in these seats, at these desks, ready to go. How you feeling today, Rishabh? I'm feeling great. How about you? I'm doing great. I mean, I don't have whiteboards behind me, so clearly you're doing some fun stuff behind you on the little thing. I can't even see it. It's blurred. Is there secret, top secret information going on back there? I can't, I can't quite know yet. I mean, the goal is to have less secret information over time, <laughs> right? Like if we keep, if we keep on this trajectory, I, you know what we should do as we're building in public, just like reduce the blur over time on the whiteboards and then people mm. can just see what's actually happening inside the company. <laughs> I mean, all we want, all we want to do is to create as many copycats as possible, right? That's the real plan. Well, what, what is that they say that impersonation is the is the greatest form of flattery? <laughs> so you just got back from Las Vegas, right? Uh, Vermont was at Shop Talk. How'd that go? It was good. It was good. Yeah, there was a ton of people from the industry there, so we got to catch up with a lot of our partners. So people who are doing anything from like helping you create creatives all the way to measurement on the other side, and so. You get to just, you know, get a chance to understand and catch up with everybody on what's going on in the industry. Uh, I will say, though, it's a big conference. I mean, yeah. basically, if you were to go to Vegas, everything already feels big. The conference mm. centers and the convention center replicate how big the rest of the city is. So it's just like a maze trying to get around, uh, which has which has some amount of like particular uh, like joy and energy around it. But man, was it big. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, f- full transparency, never even been to Las Vegas. That's why I, I was watching everyone's like updates online and I was a little jealous because I was, you know, wanting to see what it was all about. But I mean, you guys were primarily just in the conference center doing stuff. You didn't really get to go out and do anything to Vegas, you know? You know, I learned somebody else on our team also, it was their first time in Vegas and that they were not doing anything to Vegas And I was pretty disappointed. I was just like, wow, you're not going to any shows while you're here for the first time in Vegas? It was like shocking. Anyway. I mean, what would they even do? Adele's residency's over, right? <laughs> Cirque, man. You gotta go to Cirque. Oh, I think now will be the time. Let's go ahead and get into some top of mind that I wanted to discuss with you. I've been looking around on LinkedIn and within the company, you know, we've been talking a lot about AI and um, utilization of it, you know, and that kind of stuff. So there have been some really significant shifts in the professional world around AI and its utility. Um, It's gaining a lot of mixed reactions. Um, So I'm curious to know your point of view on, you know, the impending doom of the planet because of the robots. And um, also, I was curious if, you know, in your opinion, are we living through the real life adaptation of iRobot featuring Will Smith? (laughs) Anything, anything that features Will Smith is probably pretty good, you know, from a, from like a storyline point of view. Uh, not like you know uh oscar antics withstanding so i was gonna say keep but... my wife's name 
yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. So the changes in AI right now are like really kind of shocking. And I think like the interesting thing is on the one hand, it seems like things are moving super fast, but then actually just going back to being a shop talk this past week, as you walked around, you kind of noticed something that all of a sudden I like didn't see AI for like three days. And, mm. and it just makes you sort of realize like, Hey, this thing is like going to transform the world in a really big way, but actually the adoption pace, even though it feels really fast on like Twitter and, you know, all these different places, the adoption pace when it comes to like real adoption in terms of business workflows is going to take a little bit of time because there's a lot of industries where you need people to actually help those industries pull forward. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think like the opportunity is now to build mm. AI tools, but it's going to take a real work, real work to get real business adoption. Yeah, no, that makes, that makes sense. I know that like before I started here at Vermont, I hadn't really experimented at all with AI and um, you know, in working with it and getting more familiar with it and starting to adopt it into my daily routines, kind of like, you know, I use it for calendars, to-do lists, generating kind of like a baseline that I then build off of. It's been really, really, really helpful. And um, I'm really curious to see the other ways that we can build in, especially like marketing efforts, you know, like automating post schedules, things like that. That's all going to be really, really helpful, especially, you know, we have like a smaller team right now. And so maximizing all hands on deck, even if those hands belong to beat Bob robots. So I'm pleased to be welcoming Fermat's own head of product strategy and design and our resident AI chief, Aless, to the pod today. We're so excited to have you on and I can't wait to jump into the topics we wanted to discuss. Yeah, excited to be here. Uh, this is, uh, I listened to the first episode uh, in my car and even though you were two colleagues, it, uh, I kind of forgot that I was listening to two colleagues. It, it felt like a legit podcast, uh, which is <laughs> a compliment, I guess. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're trying to be a legit everything slowly, but surely. Right. Yeah. So legit podcast is definitely on the list of legits. So hey, yeah. Too legit yeah. to quit. Too legit yeah. to quit. You're a dynamic duo. <laughs> Yeah, man. So, hey, look, I could do an intro, which would just me make me sound like I'm being uh, like a fanboy or having a crush on you. So why don't you do an intro of what you do, uh, who you are and what you do here at Fermat? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So my name is Alessandro. I'm half Swedish, half Italian, if that's relevant. I currently live in Los Angeles uh, and I've been with Fermat for about a year now. Uh, and my role at the company is, uh, as you said, like being the head of product strategy. Uh, and I also receive the product design and product marketing teams. Uh, so in a nutshell, that means that I think about, you know, what product we should build, how we design the product and how we approach the narrative of the product, which is for a startup, uh, very important, right? Uh, yeah, that's basically what I do um, <laughs> in a nutshell. Why? Yeah, what made you what made you decide to to do that, by the way? Like, what sort of led to this? Like, hey, you know, I can I feel like I'm a I'm a product guy from soup to nuts. Uh, what made you decide to get there? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, I started out working uh, with in, in tech, if you will, like through design, like UX, UI, uh, building, you know, products and, and web applications. And, you know, as you uh, become more and more of a technologist, right, the, the appetite for understanding like product strategy and, and how digitization, like in general, 
just changes the, the landscape uh, for any industry. That was a very sort of compelling space uh, for me. So it, it was kind of naturally natural to, you know, to to uh, uh, morph, if you will, into more of a product strategy role uh, and, and do less and less kind of like hands on on design. Uh, and also, quite frankly, I don't think I was as good as the design work <laughs> as strategy. So I think there's just, just so many incredible designers out there. And there was, uh, uh, yeah, I found it hard to sort of compete on, a, on, a, on the kind of top level there. Uh, so strategy was something that was more natural for me and, and it kind of something that came more automatic, if you will. Totally. I mean, when we first met, I remember the first thing that you were starting to tell me about was like, all of the various technology shifts that you were seeing when it was coming to like the ethos of Web3. So not necessarily even like the underlying tech that was being used in Web3, but this is like, call it two years ago, there were various like tactics and approaches that you could use if you were sort of to take that ethos and like implement it in, in new interesting ways, right? And like, I remember even at that time, you were like tinkering with all sorts of new tools that were being released um, as we were talking about like, hey, what do we actually want to do here at Fermat? And I think that that bled or, or sorry, I wouldn't even say bled, but led to like a natural inclination for you to be really early inside of Fermat on like what was happening in AI, right? I remember we had like a meeting where you were just like, man, we've got to start paying attention. Like this is an explosion. <laughs> and then, so the last few months have been all about AI, which is the topic for today. Uh, when did you start to get excited about uh, the impact that AI could have for us? Yeah, I mean, I have a slightly kind of geeky background from my experience at a previous company working with graph databases and, and graph data science. So I understand kind of like how knowledge graphs, natural language processing, you know, graph neural networks, which are kind of the foundation of many AI models. Uh, and if you understood these systems, you knew that they were you know, very powerful in making recommendations and predicting behavior and that sort of thing. Uh, so AI's impact to me was, was always kind of like implicit in nature. Uh, you know, people have heard of that Google, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok and whatever have you know, an algorithm that sort of nudges your behavior in, in a way that may not be fully understood by the, by the user. Uh, so to me, that that has been what has been sort of the forefront of AI in many ways has always felt, you know, slightly academic and and almost like opaque for that reason. And the real impact was always in the background, right? Like built by relatively few people and, and companies who understood how to deploy it, uh, how, how to deploy AI and, and machine learning. I think this explosion that you're referring to with generative AI is completely different in the sense that it puts the power of the of these like large language models directly in the hands of the consumers, which completely changes the game. Uh, and I've been as amazed and surprised as anyone else, I think. I did not like see this coming with this velocity. Uh, I've sort of heard about it at conferences and stuff, but that was just like a few months before you know, the release of you know, chat GTP, uh, GPT and like all, all these sort of generative tools. Uh, and right now, as a product strategist, it's it's kind of like Christmas every week. You know, it's almost overwhelming just the pace in which real meaningful progress is happening uh, in this space. So first of all, I tend to agree. I think that the biggest shift that happened was when the interface became consumer oriented, right? Because 
when you can like capture the like attention of the average person and all of a sudden like you know you go home for the holidays and people are talking about how they're using chat gpt yeah it's like it just changes the way that people think about it right i guess given that that's true uh i was actually listening to a, a stratechery podcast recently and he was saying that it was the consumer moment that actually made this like shift such a big thing but given that it's a consumer moment how do you think that the impact is going to play out on the two sides so the b2b side versus the consumer side uh and what do you think is going to be the way that like the two sides evolve over time and then from there i would love to talk specifically about commerce but just starting off with just like how do you think about the difference between the consumer side and the b2b side yeah, I, I mean, I think the consumer side is it's not so much the like the consumer application of it. It's more that it's you know individuals that are not necessarily uh, you know that, that were not necessarily like privy to to experiment with this type of technology, right? Like so, so I think the consumer aspect of it, or or the non B two B aspect of it, it, it's basically the creativity that it, that it unleashed, right? Like you can have people who are, who just had like a, a ton of good ideas for everything from like content to actually like building applications that could now like realize them uh, in, in a way that was sort of supercharged by, by AI, right? Like you, you could, you can build stuff without knowing to code really, you know, like that type of thing. So, so I think the, the creativity of having consumers interact with it directly just gave such an influx of, of ideas to what to, to how this technology should be used in applications uh and i think that was like the the, the big uh, i don't know breakthrough that that you just saw you know people in individuals building super cool stuff every week just like launching you know with very small teams launching pretty like impressive products uh and uh yeah so it's almost like a merge between you know just individual consumers using the ai uh for 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 you know building applications that had had all kinds of sort of practical use there are some applications that are team sports and there are some applications that are individual sports so like slack i can't imagine using slack as an individual right like what an unusually odd experience that would be if you were just like slacking with yourself as the note-taking application, right? Like zero value. And so I wonder like what the team application of AI is going to eventually be. Um, but as you were saying that, I was like, you know what? Like now that I'm thinking about this, I don't see team-based applications yet. I see individual-based applications, even though the individual is using it in the context of their, of their work, right? Um, which I think is just interesting as we think about like, okay, what are the new spaces that are going to emerge? So I'm going to, I'm going to take that as our opportunity to pivot, like us as a team, what we're trying to do is we're trying to influence the commerce space, right? So what do you think are some of the ways that we're going to start to see, uh, AI in commerce? What is the, what should the, what should it do? And what is the future role potentially going to be, um, for AI in commerce? Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a good question. I, I think you can almost divide the answer into two buckets, right? Like, so there's there's a world almost like before generative AI, and there is a world after generative AI. Uh, before there there was there was actually quite a lot of AI deployed in e-commerce, but typically on the back end, right? Like you we've had you know personalized recommendations, 
AI-powered chatbots, even though they were <laughs> kind of crappy, right? Uh, dynamic pricing has been a, a big thing for you know AI, AI and machine learning, like voice shopping, you know, like through Amazon Alexa. That's also an AI application. Uh, hyper-targeting of ads for marketing, and you know, in, in those areas, machine learning and AI has been deployed for quite some time. Uh, I think if you think about you know the impact that generative AI will have, I think you have to think about the role content creation plays in e-commerce today uh, and the way that you acquire customers. So there is essentially two, two ways uh, to reach cus- uh, consumers, right? Like if you're a commodity product, uh, you rely very heavily on, on search and reviews. And I think that's going to continue for quite some time. But if you're not a commodity, say like an aspirational clothing brand or something like that, the way that you go to market is through content and, and social media primarily. And it's fairly established at this point, even if we're just like a few months in, that generative AI brings down the production cost of, of content and the scale of the variety of content it can help you produce. And that changes the game for, for e-commerce, I think, fundamentally. Okay, so I wonder, so, okay, I've always had this point of view that commerce is fundamentally broken into two types of purchase behaviors. So you have utility purchases, which is just like, I always use the example of a light bulb or a battery, right? Where it's like, you know, a battery is a battery, a battery, uh, and a light bulb is a light bulb is a light bulb. And so, you know, like, I don't mind going to Amazon and saying like, find me a battery or like get me a light bulb. And I could not tell you for the life of me what brand battery I have or what brand light bulb I have. I really could not. Right. And so like when I think about my like Amazon purchases or my utility purchases, you're right. It's just like I'm trying to fill a highly specific need that is essentially giving me a commodity product. Right. It's giving me an electron or it's giving me a photon. Those are like uber commodities. And so when I think about that, would it be a fair mental model to say, okay, the impact of Gen AI on like Amazon sellers is probably lower than the impact of Gen AI on D to C sellers who are like, uh, you know, selling on social platforms, right? Like as a, as a model, is that a fair way to think about it? Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, and, and I think to me, again, it goes back to like, if you accept that content is kind of like the key driver for customer acquisition, you know, to unleash AI, to customize and optimize also shopping experiences like native to that content and everything from how content is generated to the customization of like landing pages, personalization of like the checkout experience and, and that kind of thing, right? It's a big opportunity for uh, for the B2C brands in e-commerce that get, get that right. Uh, and you will be operating at a deficit if you don't, I think it's pretty fair to say. What do you think is going to be the key unlock for adoption for D2C brands? I mean, I think the, as, as far as I see, like the, the, the ecosystem of like AI tooling evolve, one thing that they all have in common <laughs> because they're generative in nature, right? Like it's that they're so easy to use. And I think that's, that's also kind of like the part of this paradigm shift, right? Like that, that with uh, very simple commands and like very simple UIs, you can, it, it's fairly like intuitive how it solves for, for different like sort of pain points that are. Uh, that a brand has in their, you know, e- ecosystem operation and everything from, you know, simple stuff that coming up with like effective product descriptions to how you optimize, you know, product photos all the way to more more complicated things, right? Uh, the the uh, the unlock here is that it's so easy to do, and it's for companies like us, it's also fairly 
uh, easy to um, or easy I would say but it's like there's an opportunity here to to like really lean on on onto these like models to to serve up a UI that it's actually fairly intuitive to interact with. So it, it's a it's it's almost like a brand new day I think for for building products given that so much of the of the output it's sort of generated in uh, on on the back end in a way that feels very accessible if 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 that makes sense. Yeah, my my hunch on this domain is like, I think the UIs are super simple to understand and interact with, but the workflows are really messy. So like, what do I mean by that? Right now, like, let's just say you're interacting with uh, Midjourney, right? Like I'll just pick a specific, I'll just pick a random example. The very first way that you interact with Midjourney is basically through a Discord server. And so like you get images and then now you're going from the images generated in the Discord server to like trying yeah. to place them into your like ad workflow. And then you're trying to like, you know, go back and forth between that interface and your ad workflow interface. And you're trying to figure out like, how do you actually interact in your ad workflow? And then now you're having to go through reapproval processes because you've changed your creative. And so Facebook is saying like, Hey, actually this needs to get reapproved. And I, I think like, I think my hunch is I think the UIs are really good, but I think that the workflows are non-trivial and people are underestimating the complexity associated with the workflows. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I mean, I think there's some truth to that, but I think it's also like a passing problem, right? Like the 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 uh, I agree that with like <laughs> the the Discord way of using, you know, Midjourney is kind of like awkward, and and it's also not that easy to to prompt stuff, right? Like like prompt engineering is almost it's it's its own. Uh, it's 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 almost like its own discipline or or skill set uh, today. I, I would bank on that intuition of of you, the utility of, of of how you would use these tools uh, will will improve a lot. Uh, but I agree with you that workflows are are not simple, right? Like because that becomes ultimately the, the task here. Uh, it's uh, what what type of workflows. Um, or, or how would the workflow change? Basically, how 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 does the sort of operation logic almost change uh, based on exactly. that the complexity is not in, in in the generation, right? Like, and that's uh, I I think that that remains to be to be seen, but it's it, that's a, a non-trivial problem for sure. Exactly. So I mean, like, how do you think about what Fermat should be doing in this space? Just given like, first of all, the speed with which things have been evolving, the UI is being simple, you know, like. Maybe we can talk a little bit about whether or not the workflow impact is something that we think about or not. But I'm just curious, how do you think about, like, given all that it's been evolving and the current opinion, what should, what is Fermat doing in this space? I mean, for, for us, uh, I think we're we're all in here, right? Like, we're thinking about how AI can optimize the entire stack, like end-to-end, -end, from all the way from sort of content creation to real-time customization of chalk checkout experiences, and ultimately how, how how this entire, you know, product suite, you know, translates into awesome experiences for both brands as well as consumers. If, if you don't sort of supercharge the areas uh, with, uh, with, with AI where you can, uh, I mean, that, that just means that you're going to have a hard time competing in the end and i think we were sort of prepared for this in a in a not in a planned way but in a in, in the way that the way that we have been building and thinking about like our commerce architecture like commerce graph and all that kind of stuff has always been to get to a point where 
it's all about like automation, right? Like that everything from sort of setting up um, APIs and, and the complexities on the back end to the consumer facing aspects uh, of our platform uh, was always uh, aiming to be fully automated. Plus everything that happened on, in, in, on the content side, right? Like in the sense that we, we obviously like integrate uh, into uh, all, all these um, sort of general purpose models to, to have all kinds of you know, nice features and, and nuggets that it will be relevant for, for the brands that, uh, that use this uh, format. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. Are there some specific ways that you're thinking about, like how Firmware can actually help the brands that they work with from like a soup to nuts point of view? Yeah. I, I mean, apart from the, all the content, uh, the content side of the e-commerce ecosystem, which is, you know, fairly known at this point, right? I mean, one, one of the pain points in commerce today is that all consumers get served virtually kind of like the same type of shopping experience online. And this is regardless of how they got inspired to initiate the purchase in the first place. So one way the brands leverage format is that we work around that single landing page limitation. Uh, and in theory, we can you know run tests on, on an infinite amount of optimized shopping experiences that are you know tailored to how the consumers landed on the site in the first place through content, right? which increases uh, conversion rates. And we see that often happening dramatically then. How that ties into AI is, it's, it's first of all, I mean, we're, we're looking at uh, ways to actually like, generate everything from not only kind of like content and like product descriptions and, and uh, you know, product photos and that kind of stuff through generative AI, but the actual shopping experience itself, that becomes a, like a, like a mind blowing opportunity for, for uh, how much we can build around this, this kind of like platform idea that we're executing against. I don't know if that was too, 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 uh, <laughs> too technical. No, yeah. no, no, no. Honestly, honestly, I'm super excited, but what I'm going to do is, uh, for whoever's listening, you know, we may or may not have released some concepts on what we're doing here uh, by the time you hear this, but I'm going to, I'm going to let you look at like what Alas and the team start posting to see, to hear more about exactly what it is that we're thinking about. But suffice it to say, even I've been surprised by sort of the direction that we're going in. And it's like things that you could never imagine possible two months ago, which is just like, hey, I want to feel like I am shopping in the 80s. And it's like, boom, you can deliver an experience that makes you feel like you're shopping in the 80s. Like imagine that is the thing that you want and that is the thing that you get, right? And so I think like the opportunity space, like Aleph said, because of this set of decisions that we made around our backend is, is going to like boggle people. It's been boggling my mind. Aleph, man, this has been an incredible conversation uh, on AI. I think Jonah's, Jonah's given me the signal that we gotta, we're like, you know, we're in too deep on the weeds. We gotta, we gotta like, we gotta, let's, let's get us, let's get us some comic relief. Where are we headed, man? So I thought we'd spice it up a little bit. And last week we did um, a fun little game of this or that. I think this week we do a rapid fire, true or false. AI will eventually replace all human jobs. We'll start with MLS. False. 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 False as well. Now, can you ease the public's mind? Because I know this is what people fear, right? Is that AI is going to replace human jobs. Why is that categorically false? 
plus you want to take what because people like to work yeah, yeah. exactly yeah I, I think people like to work and they will come up with, <laughs> with something mm-hmm. to do yep that's exactly that's exactly right it's just like we're we're conditioned to adapt to like what are the tools at our disposal not the other way around so right um now ai is only useful for large companies true or false Rishabh? dude that's totally false I feel like I feel like um, Alessa made the strongest possible case that like right. actually a massive amount of the use cases we're seeing right now are on single player mode and like I actually think that that spells really good news for especially like the American capitalistic spirit on like you know a person in their garage just coming up with incredible stuff. Yeah, I'm false on that on that as well. Uh, I, I think this year has been incredible actually for just like the unleashing creativity on from the small players uh, i do think uh, the very large tech companies ultimately probably end up like winning somehow uh because the closer you are to to owning you know the model themselves uh there, there's there's kind of like an unfair advantage there but for now uh, i think it's it's actually kind of inspiring how how much you can do with you know like a little scrappy team as we have a, a, a format, for example. Something I was thinking was like smaller creators and influencers, you know, like the amount of TikTok content that just a single influencer can make just by typing in an AI prompt, like what's going to make people laugh? Give me some TikTok content and just whip up like easily two weeks worth of filters and sounds from TikTok they could use. The options are endless. On the record, Jonah is objectively the best and funniest podcast to co-host of all time. True. 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 Oh, you guys. Oh, you guys, you guys. Oh, stop, stop. Oh, well, we won't spend too much time on that one. Um, (laughs) In the weightlessness of space, if a frozen pea touches a Pepsi can, it will blow up. What? No. Rishabh is the scientist. Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, no, definitely not. I don't know, Rishabh. According to Google, it said true, but you might know better than Google. In the weightlessness of space, a frozen pea will blow up a Pepsi can if it touches it. It blew my mind. Kind of like the Pepsi can. No, <laughs> you look that's very not, skeptical. That's not, that is not how it works. In space, in space, the only thing, the only, the only law of physics that, so, so, so let's just clarify what's happening. Scientists, enter on your Earth, opinions on in the, the chat. chat. On on Earth, this is like opening a box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On, on, on Earth. There's two, there's two issues at play here. On Earth, we have gravity. Everything is like equal opposite reactions. So that's why you have like jet fuel, right? So the reason why a rocket is moving in space through a propulsion system is because like, you know, things, it's like pushing fuel out in order for the thing to move forward. Okay, so these things just bounce off of each other. There's this totally separate issue, which is like, if this is like a temperature related issue, uh, then we're like having a totally separate conversation, which has nothing to do with the weightlessness of space. But yeah, this is like this don't is, I? This is, I feel like you you poked the bear, man. You. I think I did. I think I, <laughs> yeah. what I I think we need to get um, a couple of NASA scientists on the pod in a future episode. Yeah. I think that needs to happen now. All right, man. So before we have to call in the the cleanup crew for my explosion at the explosion question. So me, it's me. I'm the cleanup crew. <laughs> I want to make sure that I have the opportunity to thank Aless for spending the time today and walking through sort of what are we seeing in AI and what Fermat is excited to do in this space. Thanks, Aless, for joining. Yeah, thank, thank you, you. Aless.
Thank you, guys. Really, really fun time. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. See ya.